Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey there, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again, and we are on our last interview and a really exciting one, our last interview of Potapalooza. Today, I get to interview my friend, Jim Cathcart. His story is one of the most amazing stories you're ever going to hear. A speaking career. If you want to learn how to speak, this is the man that can show you how to how to create a career speaking. Um, known Jim for several years now when he moved to, to Austin, Texas. We became instant friends within like five minutes of knowing each other because we both have the same heart for helping people and, and just we hit it off and love to tell his story. And he's got a lot of really great things that he's doing right now to as a mentor, helping people to start building business or start building speaking careers and everything else. So, Jim, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be back with you. I know. It's been fun. And uh, we did an interview. So if you all want to see it, we did an interview uh, uh, probably about a year and a half ago. But we'll we'll kind of rehash some of that and talk about this. So, Jim, let's do a quick cliff notes of your career and okay. how you got to where you are today. Well, now, here comes the cliff notes. So there's going to be a test at the end. <laughs> First off, born in Little Rock, Arkansas, 1946, grew up with my dad being a telephone repairman. Mom was a homemaker taking care of me, my little sister, and my invalid grandfather and my grandmother. And I expected a life like dad's, you know, that I, except for World War II. Yeah. I wanted to grow up and, and go to work in a company like the phone company, but in an office instead of as a lineman like he was. Mm-hmm. I didn't really aspire to excellence in anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I joined the swimming team in high school for one season. That was it. Didn't, you know, I liked to play football, but I didn't get on the team. Didn't try out. My academics were just average, mm-hmm. you know, as a C student overall, mostly. And then one day, years later, after I was married, 1970. Two years later, 72, I was working as a clerk in a government agency and heard a radio broadcast by Earl Nightingale. Mm-hmm. And what he said that day rearranged my whole psyche. He said, if you'll spend one extra hour every day studying your chosen field, in five years or less, you'll be a leading authority in that field. And I thought, that's 1,250 hours, five mm-hmm. hours a week, 50 weeks, five years, 1250. Uh-huh. Yeah, that would work even for me. Yeah. Even for me. And I didn't have a high IQ or any, any kind of special abilities. I didn't know anybody. Didn't have a college degree. Had two years. Uh, no money in the bank. No rich uncle. So I decided to become a fanatic about the field I wanted to choose, which was his personal development. Yeah. Short story, five years later, I was a full-time professional speaker and author flying around the country, conducting 120 seminars a year for high fees. Now I've done 3,500 of those 
all over the world, 23 major cities in China, 10 trips to Australia. I've spoken in Europe. I've spoken in all throughout Asia and every one of the 50 states plus most provinces in Canada. And I've written and published 25 books and received every major award given to professional speakers on earth. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Who knew? But you, I mean, you were, you were a five-year overnight success. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yep. You just, just overnight success, five years. Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I, I think this is an interesting story for, you know, there's so many people out there that, you know, in our audience, they're looking at, well, I, I want to get out of the cubicle or I want to, I'm an entrepreneur and I want to build my, my expertise. I want to speak on stages. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Because you did it over in five years to where you were getting paid to do it. Actually, I did it less because I heard Earl on the radio in 1972. Okay. And by 1974, I had left my job at the Urban Renewal Agency and gone into the business of selling Earl Nightingale's recordings <laughs> on audio cassettes Yeah, door-to-door uh, -to, -door to businesses. And so in two years after hearing the radio broadcast, I was in his field. Uh -huh. But I was listening to those recordings every day and reading books like Think and Grow Rich and all the usual. No, I've got them right here. Yeah. <laughs> Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Man, How to Be a Genius by Wallace Waddles, who wrote The Science of Getting Rich, Psycho-Cybernetics, Power of Positive Thinking, Zig Ziglar, See You at the Top. I read all those books, and ultimately the people that wrote many of those, the ones that were still alive, became my friends. Yeah. I actually got to know them. Wow. Yeah. But how'd that happen? Well, five years, I, I made a five-year commitment to be a fanatical student of personal development because that's the field I wanted to get into. And a few years later, after I was into it, people started calling that the human potential movement. Okay. Because everybody, it seemed at that time in the, in the mid 1970s, was getting into personal development, goal setting, mm -hmm. motivation. I joined the Junior Chamber of Commerce, JCs, mm -hmm. in 73 and went to 400 JCs meetings in 73 and 74. Yeah. <laughs> 400 in two years. Where you spoke at, in most cases. Yeah. yeah. In most cases, I was there to give a report. So I was reading something from a manual that I'd read an hour earlier after mm -hmm. work on my way to the JC's meeting. All 400 meetings were unpaid yep. after work, weekends, holidays, my time. It was all for the purpose of leadership training by doing community service projects. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with, there were 280 chapters in the state of Arkansas at the time. Yeah. And I went to all 280. It, I mean, I drove myself there and back in the evenings after work. Mm -hmm. Some of those were four hours away, one way. Mm -hmm. You can imagine, you know, I was sleeping in roadside parks for an hour or two to avoid dying on the way home. <laughs> the first hundred meetings or so, I wasn't particularly any good. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I was talking about, so I was quoting a lot. After about a hundred of them, I was pretty doggone good. Mm-hmm. And after 200, I was excellent. Mm -hmm. 300, I was the number one most popular guy in the state in the field I was in at, among JCs. And by the 400th, 
I was getting hired by companies to come speak at their meetings. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going into business for myself. First, first I got a call after I'd gone into business selling the Earl Nightingale tapes, the USJC's national headquarters. Now, they had 356,000 members at the time. They were enormous because it was the peak of the baby boom. Yeah. 356,000 members. They <laughs> called me and said, we would like you to be the national program manager in charge of leadership training for all 300,000 members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Transform well, my life, Jeff. Well, but, but the fact is, you're probably the only person in the JCs that had ever actually read all the manuals that they created. Well, honest to, honest to Pete, I read every manual three times, <laughs> word for word, including the subtitles at the bottom of the page. I literally forced myself to read the officers and directors guide, the leadership and action manual, chairman's planning guide, all those other things, three times cover to cover minimum. Yeah. Then I could go into a meeting and Jeff is the chair of the meeting and he says, our guest tonight's Jim Cathcart. He's going to talk about project planning. Mm -hmm. And I would say there are seven steps in a project plan. Starts with primary purpose and then background related to, and then the and they go, wow, how'd you learn all this? I just read it an hour ago. In the book. Truly. <laughs> yeah. And so that led to, you know, quick progression. So here I was, government clerk, here's making 525 bucks a month. Here are all night and go on the radio in 1972. 1975, August 28, 1975. I go to work for the USJC's national headquarters hmm. as a national expert in charge of leadership training for a third of a million people. Mm-hmm. Three years. Yeah. Three years. And then I was there for two years and then went out on my own and I've been doing this ever since. And this is my only profession since 1974. Yeah. So now I've written 25 books, like I said, and I've been president of the National Speakers Association, inducted into the Professional Speaker Hall of Fame, Sales and Marketing Hall of Fame over in London, and on and on and on. I've got video programs in China, the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. But, I mean, once again, it all started with that one spark of listening to that that you know, and I and I yeah. totally agree with the fact when people come to me and I talk about financial freedom and their freedom day, and they're like, "Well, I just don't have the time." <laughs> you you <laughs> just didn't have the time to spend, you know, reading every manual that the JCs have, and you just didn't have the time to spend driving all over the state of Arkansas. Yeah, I had a new wife and baby at home. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? I was hyper intentional about the way I lived every part of my life back then, because I recognized the danger of being a monomaniac mm-hmm. uh, on a mission, as Tom Peters used to say. So I did middle, physical, family, social, spiritual, career, financial, emotional. I took each one of those, wrote out a detailed plan for how I was going to live that part of my life, put it on little reminder cards, and <laughs> put it in front of my face every day. This is the actual content from back then and i used to take these little things which you can see have been weathered badly and i'd put them on my bathroom mirror these are the qualities i wanted to work on in me so 
my son, who's now 52, mm-hmm. and he's a, a general manager of a luxury resort in Santa Barbara, California. He said, Dad, when I was little and you were gone 123 different engagements every year as a professional speaker, I never felt like you weren't around. Yeah. Because I was absolutely intentional about when I called in, what I talk about, who did I talk with, what did I do when I got home, how did I spend quality time with him, with Paula, with, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it, it, it totally worked. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, you know, and that's the thing. I think when you and I met, it was that both of us love family more than anything, you know, and we've been married to our, I've been married to my wife over half my life at this point. 53 you know, years for Paula. 53 years for you and yeah. Paula. I mean, just I, I think the world of Paula. But, you know, I've never even met Jim Jr., but the way you talk about him, you know, it's the joy of your life. And you had such a great relationship with him. And I think that's the important part about this is, yes, starting a business takes time. Starting a speaking career takes time. All of those things take time. But we all have 168 hours <laughs> per week. That we can spend. We all have the same 168 hours. Nobody has more or less than that. And it's how we spend that that makes the difference in our lives. I want to share something with you. This is one of my most successful books, Relationship Selling. Yep. It's it's what got me inducted into the, the uh, Sales Marketing Hall of Fame. Sure. London. I wrote this book in 1985, rewrote it in 2002, rewrote it again in 2015, and now I'm working on the next edition. Hmm. But I want you to see the dedication. I'll tell you what it says, but I'm going to hold it up just Hmm. so it's on camera. Yeah. To my son, Jim Cathcart Jr., a natural leader and a man whom I admire. Jim, I want to grow up to be like you, Dad. (laughs) What a great dedication. Thank yeah. you. But I mean, you know, once again, it's it's that balance that you've kept in your life all these years that, you know, yes, you've been obsessed with growing your career, but you didn't mm-hmm. you didn't give up on all the things other than that to right. do it. I mean, right. you're still a, a great musician. You Thank know, you. most people unless people knew. I mean, Jim's an amazing, amazing musician. He's a great guitarist and singer. Yeah. And his wife is even I mean, she's got a beautiful voice. Better well. singer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all. I'm the entertainer. She's the singer. Yeah. Our son's the best guitarist. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole nother story of, yep. about that, because he's trying to make, force him to do it, and he just figured out a better way. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for remembering that. Well, that's- so, Jim, let's talk a little bit about you. You just created a book. I mean, so you, you know, you've reached the pinnacle of your career. And most people would go, hey, I can rest on my laurels and do nothing. And the you thing know, I, I learned about laurels, laurels aren't that comfortable. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of prickly and painful. Yeah, I like to sit on the edge of my chair like I am right yeah. now. <laughs> so, you know, I think the thing that has always impressed me about you is you just don't stop. You have more energy than anybody I've ever met. And I, wow, I've said this, I, I met a lady earlier today that I interviewed, you know, I told her, I said, I've known a lot of 90-year-olds, the youngest 90-year-olds in the world and the oldest 60-year-olds in the world. And yeah. the thing that, you know, I think has impressed me the most is you just don't stop. 
you keep going, you keep reinventing yourself. I mean, you know, and I'll be 77 next month and still going strong. You know, I mean, it's just, I don't see. And you have no intention of ever retiring. I mean, if, if my voice or my mind retires, then I'll retire. But as long as I've got those two. Yeah. You know, there's things to do. People to see. Exactly. And, you know, and I think a lot of professional speakers that I met, you know, over the years, COVID hit and it just blew apart their careers. Yeah. They, they, they got a day job. Yeah. You know, they did what mom and dad told them to do when they said they were going to be a speaker. Yeah. Why don't you get a real job? <laughs> get, get a real job and uh, and do that. And they went and got a real job and they stopped yeah. being a speaker at that and point. They gave up on their dream. Joy in their life in many cases. Yeah. Because well, if, if this is the path you've chosen, whatever your path happens to be, it doesn't have to be mine or Jeff's. It, you know, it could be any field you're in. You could be running a Subway sandwich franchise. Mm-hmm. Fine. Do it because you want to do it. Yeah. And do it because it gives you a sense of meaning and purpose. When you have meaning in what you do, you bring more value to what you do. I spoke years ago in Bogota, Colombia, to help raise funds for a, a opportunity foundation that had built a school for kids in the barrio, mm-hmm. you know, in the slums. Yep. They would bring the kids in on buses each day, clean them up, put them in clean uniforms, feed them well, and teach them life skills during the yeah. day and then send them back in the evening. And they said, we want you to come and speak, but you can't speak until you've been to the school. Yeah. I said, that, that's fair. So I went to the school and I fell in love with it. Mm. And I was there surrounded by the happy faces of these little kids because it was only safe and supportive environment and clean environment. They knew. Yeah. They had to go back to squalor and danger every night. So I was there among all of them for a few hours that day. And then I got up on stage that night and man, I was three times as good as I would have been otherwise. Yeah. They just re- they charged you up at that point. Yeah, I'm, I'll yeah. do whatever it takes to help these kids out. And they got lots of donations. It went really, really well. I came out on stage with a guitar. <laughs> found a, a woman who's a professional guitarist yeah and asked if we could borrow her guitar yeah and so i came out on stage and i was doing this a child arrived just the other day mm. he came to the world in the usual let's say i got a child arrived just the other day Came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. He was talking for I knew it. But as he clearly said, I'm going to be like you, Dan. You know I'm going to be like you. The cat's in the cradle and the silver sword. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Opened my speech that day, and boy, it went over well. Yeah. So you have now kind of transitioned with your latest book. Yep, talking about how people can actually make that that step. How do you become a professional speaker? How do you you know? How do you develop that? Well, and more than professional expertise. Yeah. yeah, what to do when you're the speaker is the name of the book. Yeah. And man, I've I've been blessed with endorsements 
people would die for. <laughs> I mean, this, Ronald Reagan's oldest son, Michael Reagan, endorsed it. Mm-hmm. Les Brown, Brian Tracy, Dennis Waitley, Dr. Nito Kubain of High Point University, Don Hudson, Tom Hopkins, Tom Ziegler, Zig's son, uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner of, of BNI, mm-hmm. Eve Spangler, who's been on Oprah half a dozen times, Shep Hyken, Jason Dorsey. I mean, it just goes on and on with the, the big names that have stepped up and said, yep, you, you ought to buy this. Yeah. What sets it apart is it's not about how to give a speech. Yeah. It's about how to be a speaker. What do you do when you're up next to do the keynote and the guy before you went 40 minutes overtime and you got to do it in 15 minutes? <laughs> what do you do when the building catches on fire during your speech? <laughs> 700 people in the audience and you're the only one in the room with a microphone. Mm-hmm. What do you do when someone in your audience is having a seizure and looks like they're going to die? Yeah. What do you do when the lights go out in the room and there's not a light anywhere to be seen? What do you do with that? Especially since that was the week after 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> and the audience was frozen in fear. I've had all those things happen to me, and that's what I wrote about in the book. Yeah. Is what do you do when things go well? What do you do when they go poorly? And how can you be more creative and have more fun doing it and, and make money off of it? Mm-hmm. And then when I wrote this one, Mentor Minutes, that was written initially to be a message to my grandchildren, mm-hmm. Life Lessons. Yep. And then I changed it and, and tweaked it toward how do you reach the top 1% of any field you choose? Mm-hmm. So that's the way we roll. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. I'm well, so I know excited. We're running out of time, and you've got others to talk to, and and I've got one coming up myself. So I appreciate this opportunity today, and it's it's fun being with you. I've missed you over these last weeks. I know we've been busy this year, and uh, we need to catch back up, even though we live in the same town. So, yeah. All right, Jim. Well, thank you so much. As always, you're just a joy to talk to, and I'm just so excited to see where you're going with this. And and I think. It's going to help a lot of people out, and I would, I would absolutely. I've read the book, and I would encourage you if you're, if you want to be a speaker, this is the, this is the life lesson. Yeah, or if you are a speaker, you know, if you if you do sales presentations or or speak to groups, boards, you know, committees, whatever. Yep. Then it's a good one for you, and it's free. Yeah. Free dot Cathcart, my last name. Free dot Cathcart dot com. You can download a free copy of that book. And if you want a paper copy, of course, you can order it through Amazon or Barnes & Noble. I Please leave it. a comment online. I love it. Super good. Thank well, you, my friend. Hello for me. Give her a hug. I hope to see you real soon. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.